take a seat right over there sat on the stairs stay leave the cabinets are bare and i'm unaware of just how we got into this mess got so aggressive i know we then all good intentions so pull me Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the White Lotus Blooms podcast. Listen, the people them say, why don't you just meet me in the middle? And today's conversation is going to be about bridging the gap in love. Bridging the gap in love. Can the gap be too wide? And we're going to delve into it today. We're going to talk about some important relationship matters. I'm Kamala McQueenie for those of you who don't know me. Um, Kamala actually means Lotus, so you can call me Lotus if you like. And I'm happy to have all of you joining me again on today's discussion. So, we've heard the expression so many times that opposites attract, right? But we've also heard so many times growing up as well that birds of a feather flock together. So which of the two story them is correct? Based on research in psychology and sociology, it has been found that opposites may attract, but in terms of sustaining relationships and, su- and successful relationships, then similarities is the name of the game. It is so important that the person that we're going to be moving on with in a relationship setting, even our friendships actually, that we are similar on key areas of beliefs and values. We can have the very exotic differences um, you know, that adds to mystery and a little sexiness, etc., in areas peripheral to the core beliefs and value systems. But ultimately, we value similarities. That's, that's the kind of people that we're generally attracted to, people who are similar to us in key areas. That doesn't mean that you won't find somebody attractive who is like the yin to your yang. That's not what we're saying. But generally, as a rule of thumb, and in many cases, in most cases, based on statistics, we are attracted to persons who are similar to us. We find it safe, and it actually makes sense because where are we going to be encountering these people? We're going to be encountering um, people that we, you know, will will start to date, etc., um, in places that we frequent, and we make these behavioral decisions based on our values and based on our belief system. So, if it is that you met somebody at the gym, why where were you at the gym? because you currently maybe um consistently you have an interest in wellness and fitness etc so now recently i was asked to comment on um a list of polar opposites that are possible in relationships from from a personality standpoint and i was asked to give my viewpoint as to how it is that couples might meet in the middle might find some middle ground as it relates to um, you know, bridging the gap in terms of their personality differences. I'm going to list some of those for you. And I hope you start thinking about whether or not you could deal with a polar opposite situation in any of these scenarios. So scenario one, what if it is that one party in the couple has OCD type tendencies and the other party is very messy? Think about that one for a quick minute. Scenario number two, 
one party is very expressive verbally and the other one really prefers their silence and is very quiet not very expressive suppose one party very adventurous love the road love to see new places and the other party is a complete homebody can that work is there a middle ground that could be achieved what do you think another scenario what if one of the members of the couple is a social butterfly and the other one is actually socially awkward and the final scenario is what if one member of the couple is a spendthrift and the other one is very stingy when it comes to money my view on the topic on the on the on the scenarios generally um kind of stemmed around a couple of major things so one it is generally important um, in relationships for couples to have open and honest communication and we're starting off with the openness and honesty talking about being honest with yourself first of all before you even think of pointing any kind of finger hopefully don't point any actual fingers at the other party to say wow you need to change you need to you need to you need to it's important for us to be honest with ourselves because in all of these things it can never just be the other party there is no such thing as you know one person doing doing the tango it takes two so even if it is that you're talking about something a particular issue that you don't think you're guilty of it's important to take responsibility for how it is that you even perceive it and how it is that you receive it because that in itself um, can add a whole layer of dynamics to the situation and so it's important to even from that standpoint examine your own sen your own self and also your filters through which you are viewing the experience i also um, recommend strongly that people especially in relationships um, learn to communicate what I call constructively. Now listen, there are so many ways to say the one thing. Suppose you want to tell your, um, your partner that I think you are messy. Let's go from the most extreme. In, in a Jamaican parlance, you can tell him, say, boy, you're just nasty. You just keep the place nasty. Me no one come home because the place just not stay good. How do you think that will make the other person feel? And I know many people stand up in their, you know, in their righteous indignation and say, well, I the truth me at all. If the truth hurts, I just saw it go at the truth. But listen, I'm a big proponent of the fact that we can communicate truthfully and kindly all at the same time. So as a rule of thumb, imagine how you may like to receive something that is considered to be a criticism. And even if you can take the big boof and say, hey girl, or you just keep the place dirty so you're a dirty person. Even if you're okay with that, also consider the other person's personality and whether or not your sentiment is constructed in, a, in an efficient way, a way that is likely to cause the other person to want to engage with you further and to want to do something about it. I will also suggest to couples, whether or not it is that there are such vast disparities in personality types and you know characteristics in a relationship, one of my recommendations always is to actually strategize and to structure time to talk about relationship issues. Because imagine this now. Imagine that every time one party, you know, leaves a sock here or leave a plate where it should not be left or spend off the money that should have paid the mortgage 
or the JPS bill or whatever the, the, whatever the, the transgression may be. Imagine if every single time of that occurrence, you go into a tirade, you go into an accusation, you go into a, a roughing up of that person to, to, to hold them accountable. It can really start to come across as nagging and it can just not be the most constructive method of actually helping the other party to really get where you're coming from from a frustration point of view and to do something about it. So I actually recommend that couples structure time. I remember um, an experienced counselor telling me that when he just got married, he actually set, set aside time with his wife to actually air their grouses in a very structured, calm and focused way. This is our time. They actually had a, a particular day per week. They chose Tuesdays and they would actually call it Grouse Tuesdays where they would sit down and they would actually go through, okay, so for the last week or two or three, you know, how have you experienced our relationship? How have you experienced me? Have you been happy with how things have been? What's working and what's not working? You know, how can I be a better spouse or a better partner? Did you feel me supporting you? Like, they went in. This, guys, takes a huge level of maturity, a level of openness because listen if you can't face your own flaws how are you going to face your partner telling you that i'm aware that you have these flaws so it's important to enter into any relationship space to begin with being clear that no we're not perfect so your partner not perfect and you're not perfect so it's important to always have that in mind now um apart from these three i also want to add one more recommendation whether or not there are, but specifically in the event that there are vast differences that you have to be, you know, compromising constantly and trying to meet in the middle. The fourth one I would add is seek out resources. Therapy is one such resource. And I know that some people actually do what I find, what I recommend, and actually engage with premarital counseling before they tie the knot. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening and you're not yet married, do not do it. Please before you sit down with a neutral, trained third party to help you to navigate, you know, the marriage space, help you to navigate, just help you to, you know, adjust your filters if they need adjusting, help you to be more neutral in your outlook, because let's face it, we all have biases. And sometimes we have blind spots. We don't even know that we have them. We don't know that we have the biases. And these biases, if not checked, can really wreak havoc in a relationship in the long term. So it's important to have somebody just sit down with you and just go through a series of, of, um, of, of, of areas of, you know, a marital relationship just to help you to make sure you have, you know, um, your blinders off and to make sure that you are veiled of all the help that you can possibly get to prepare for the journey. If it is that you do that, then kudos to you. One of, one of the things, though, that many couples oftentimes neglect is getting the consistent marriage counseling. So starting off, it's good to get it. But how can you just get it to begin? What about the maintenance, the marital counseling for maintenance at a marriage? Because life is real, stressors are real, and the strains of life can really take a toll. So it's important, like maybe every six months, or depending on the need or a, particular stressful, a particularly stressful time, to actually say to your spouse, come babe, we're going back to Dr. So-and-so or Miss So-and-so or Mr. So-and-so to have a talk, you know, just to help us to work through this particular area to make sure that we, you know, we're on the right path. It's important to do, to, to do that. And so 
as I wrap up this particular section, I would like for us to just think on these things, these four recommendations, and the fact that contrary to popular opinion, the similarities are what are the greatest predictors of relationship success. And I know that for many people, um, you know, this whole thing of mystery is a very sexy thing. This whole thing of, you know, I like that I am just this and the person is completely my polar opposite. And that to start off can feel very heady. That to start off can feel very um, seductive even. But it's important for several reasons to be very mindful and to look with eyes wide open. I'd love for you, to, for you guys to listen to this, the words of my next quote-unquote panelist to just get a feel of why I believe it's important to step in with eyes wide open. Something about you It's like an addiction Hit me with your best shot, honey I've got no reason to doubt you Cause certain things hurt And you're my only virtue And I'm virtually unmistakable voice of one of my new faves mr james arthur and i hope you guys could hear clearly when he said there are certain things that i adore there are certain things that i ignore and i loved that contrast that he struck with those lyrics because it happens so often where we are completely caught up we are in love and this person is the center of our everything um, this person is perfect and yet deep down in the back of our minds we have these little you know things that we pick up that we say hmm and it happens again and we say hmm and it happens again until we see we see and we know that it's a pattern we perceive a pattern but we're not ready to accept what that pattern could mean and it's a very easy dynamic to fall into i'm not even casting any judgment i'm just here as a voice to remind all of us to be honest and to face the realities sometimes that if left unchecked in relationships can wreak havoc in the long term and they can just make life a lot harder and so my initial point about being honest and open i will always 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 harp on that point especially as it relates to us starting off being honest with ourselves okay sometimes it's not a case where we are seeing this flaw or we're ignoring this flaw in the other person sometimes it's just a matter of assessing the dynamic the compatibility dynamic and saying hmm i really wonder you know if this can work like long term is this a thing 
how can we mitigate against that what can we do suppose you're in a relationship already i'm going to just backtrack a little bit for those who are not yet in a relationship but are you know looking intentioning to find love soon one of the things i recommend and people may laugh at it but i recommend actually putting down a blueprint for love that means literally taking up paper and pen or pencil or taking up a device like a phone and making a note you understand i actually recommend writing down first of all who am i what do i bring to the table and it's very difficult for some people to write about themselves in a positive light because we're socialized so often to feel some type of i guess shame about speaking positive things about ourselves but it's important to do that because you have to stand up in a in a in a sense of value before it is that somebody else can come to value you in a most authentic way you have to know who you are why you're valuable that you're valuable and what you bring to the table so to speak so that's that's number one in my recommendation for those of us who are you know um single looking hoping for intentioning expecting to find love soon be clear on what it is that you want what kind of partner do you think would best complement you and also becoming clear on literally how you want to feel in love what is your vision of love because sometimes we have to really check our headspace and figure out if we have even the right definition of what love means what does love even mean to you i'm going to do a whole podcast right coming from life class and the life class curriculum focusing on getting a clear vision of love it's important to know what kind of characteristics list them out do you want is is kindness an important attribute that you want your partner to have for some people it's not a big deal but for some people it's everything do you particularly want your partner to be tender is honesty a big thing for you is dishonesty a non-negotiable it's important to kind of figure out where on the um the extreme you know where on the continuum you want your partner to fall do you need a partner who is particularly motivated and ambitious or you want somebody who's chill and just takes life as it comes do you want somebody who's a go-getter you want somebody who's a hustler do you want somebody who's a risk taker an adventurer or you know do you want somebody who is less risk of risk um you know risk loving these are very important things to become clear on even before you go up on date number one because in setting that up generally ideally it will give you at least a ballpark you know an estimate of what works what is ideal for you and what doesn't work and sometimes it's very important there's so much value in being clear on what does not work it may seem counterintuitive to write down what doesn't work but yes i recommend that as well having a list of your non-negotiables so that when you meet um candidate number one so to speak and you see all the levels and all of the confessions of you know some stay some of the meeting whatever you can know if this is worth your time you can become clear you can refer to your blueprint to know if this is somebody you should even go further with because the reality of the matter ladies and gentlemen is that listen spending time and getting attached and then finding out or coming to conscious acknowledgement in honesty that this doesn't work it can be very painful and it can just feel very make you feel defeated because it's like you wasted all this time expended all this energy and this vulnerability to connect in the back of your mind kind of knowing that this is not a long-term situation you know but you did it and now you're just like yo this is not i shouldn't have done this so it's very important to be clear and another thing i'll say on that note of setting up the intentions around love is also 
not being too slavish in sticking to that list because I also believe that sometimes we find the most beauty in unexpected places. So it's important to have a framework of what your core values are, what your core belief system is, and what can work, what can't work, what you, what you are willing to wiggle on and what you're not willing to wiggle on. Because ultimately, we know so you're not perfect either. And so it's important to have this general mindset of being willing to grow. And I hope as part of your, your love vision, you are looking to grow with a partner and that you're seeking a partner who is willing to grow. Because ultimately, guys, anything that is not growing is dead or is going to die. So it's very important for us to realize that we're not at any level of perfection. That doesn't mean we're not valuable, but that we can all take some leveling up and some growth in, you know, in our respective areas. So I leave you with those thoughts that it's so important for us to be honest with ourselves and to start out with a, a framework, a reference point, so that we can, it kind of helps us to set up, you know, who we're likely to be compatible with so we don't waste too much time and we don't end up in situations where we expend all this emotional energy and then nothing happens and then pain and then all these, you know, all these negative experiences that we really did not necessarily need and that possibly we could have avoided. Now, having said all of that, um, in terms of what to do when you're in a relationship where there are vast differences, as well as what to do from the outset for those who are still seeking, suppose you end up in a, in a space. It is fully possible to still end up in a space where the gaps are just too wide. They cannot be bridged. And it can be a very difficult realization and sometimes there can be guilt and there can be blame, etc. Um, but sometimes for the best interest of both parties, it just is not the ideal thing. You put in so much effort, um, you tried, you did all the techniques that were required or that were recommended, but ultimately it's just too difficult to bridge that gap. It's so important. It is so important, again, to graciously acknowledge it, to communicate it respectfully to your partner. Suppose you end up coming to that realization before they do. What do you do? Suppose you know in your heart that you know, say, ultimately, this is not going to make me happy though. And, and not just me not being happy, but it's also going to affect my partner in a negative way. What do you do? What's the adult thing to do? I'm going to listen. I'm going to have you guys listen to another one of our panelists just to share one perspective, you know, one possible scenario of how it could play out when it is that you are absolutely reaching that point of being sure that it can work out. Let's take a listen.
to think and make say, just give me a reason, just a little bit enough. They're really trying to work it out. They say, we're not broken, just bent, and we can learn to love again. And if you were listening carefully to the lyrics, you realize that when Nate came in, Nate said that it's pretty much all in your head because I thought we were doing fine. And that's the dynamic that I was hinting at before, that sometimes one party, you know, pretty much one card quits before the other one. And it can be very uncomfortable, can be very conflicting because when you have all the attachment and the memories and the feelings and the, the sexiness and the, the power of the connection and so many things, it can be the hardest thing. Even though deep down your, you know, it's like in your, it's even seeping deeper than your consciousness. It's, you're dreaming about it, you know, as the song is hinting at, you know that ultimately this, we're coming to an end or we should be coming to an end. One party holding on can make it even that more difficult to leave. And so ultimately in a situation like that, what's going to help us? What's going to help us to make the best decision? Because it's not about trying to leave to hurt the other party or to, to punish them. Ultimately, I would hope that such a decision would come from a place of it's, it's the best thing for me and it's the best thing for my partner as well. Even though they may want to stay, if it is that, you know, the compatibility is not what it ought to be or I just don't feel as though I should be committing to this because of XYZ reason, then ultimately both parties are not going to be benefited. It won't serve both parties. It won't serve either party in the highest possible way. And so it's important to make that loving decision, though painful, though it might feel like rejection and all these woolly things that come with that, it's still important to stand firm in the decision that this is not the best for me and that I deserve the best. And I, I, I love coming from that place, especially when, when, when hard decisions you know, need to be made. What do I deserve in this situation? Because ultimately that is what I believe will move us from feelings to acting in a way that serves us best. Because listen, when the love turn up, we can feel everything that we want to feel, but ultimately for the long term, we have to make the best decision or it can really end up in a bad space. So I would really hope that all of you who are listening have gotten some tidbits, some resources. You have come to, you know, going to a place of reflection on your own situation. Um, whether you're in a situation or you're looking to get into a situation of, you know, what's the ideal? What will serve me best? And what are some of the things that you can do to help to, in cases where it can be bridged, to actually bridge the gap, right? The gap, the, the gap of differences between couples. Finally, because I love a good story and I love a good song, I'm going to play this last one um, just to, again, caution us against you know that very emotional holding on to that sentimental holding on to just because of the feelings sometimes you just have to learn when to actually say goodbye despite how badly we may want the other party to stay Cause I need this whole 
H-O-L-E gone and that's the reality unfortunately that many times we hold on because letting go feels like failure letting go might feel like an acknowledgement that we're deficient in some way and that's not the reality so just in the event just in the event that the gap you know the gaps can't be bridged and there are vast differences that just you know you, you just can't cross it as my friend would say it's important to make the best break possible and not further complicate it with you know demands and guilt and blame etc because ultimately i believe that we're all on our journeys to our most perfect life and perfect love and if we take the pressure off to say that this has to be it um and that there is still an abundance of love an abundance of love experience out there for me then i think it makes it that much more doable where we don't feel completely stressed out and impoverished you know and disenfranchised if it's a case where this one doesn't work out love there's more than enough love in the world and i believe that our best and perfect loves are out there waiting for for all of those who have not yet found it and for those of you who are in relationships please continue to do the work the work pays off um take heed of the resources that we shared here today give me your feedback do you want to add some to my list of four? What else do you think are some good strategies to employ to really help a couple to, you know, bridge the gap? Because I do believe that not because there are vast differences means automatically that a relationship can't work. I believe it's a function of how much work the people put in and how willing they are to just constantly be at it. Not in a, you know, stressed out way, not in a desperate way, but it really takes effort and attention right sometimes the, the the constant effort and attention can can begin to take you know begin to have a wear and tear and take some strain because we're naturally selfish creatures i do believe and even when we love over time we still want to just go back to that default place of it's all, it's all about me so constantly considering your partner's feelings and asking them to do the same can eventually start to feel like a real heavy work and so that's where the marriage and the relationship maintenance come in. You know, take a weekend off as much as possible. It doesn't have to be anywhere super expensive. Um, take a weekend off every now and then and just go work on you. Build some intimacy. Take stock of where you are. Set a vision. Have a vision board for your love relationship. And just set up your intentions and believe most of all that you deserve the absolute best love that is possible. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me. I can't wait to jump in another time with another episode of White Lotus Blooms. I'd love to hear your feedback for what you'd love for me to discuss next time. 
and please feel free to share this with your friends for those of you who don't know you can follow me on instagram at white lotus blooms and you can email me at white lotus blooms ja at gmail.com so much love to all of you for listening through and i can't wait to touch base with you again much love <laughs>